Ladies and gentlemen, Rusty here. Welcome back to Impact Dynamics Live. We are night 13 or something ridiculous like that. We're still here, still uh, still going on. I mean, the coronavirus is still happening, so we're still here. It's the way it works. Hope you guys are well. Hope you're good. If you're in the chat, say good day. Tell us what you're uh, what you're up to, what's your day's been like, what you're drinking. I'm on, I'm on port tonight out of a fancy port glass. Uh, looks very, uh, very flash. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on. Uh, again, um, thanks for, for joining us. Thanks for all the guys who have been flicking me messages and comments. That's really, uh, really good. We've got a big week ahead of us uh, this week. Tomorrow night, uh, Ben Jarrett, who is a regular on the show, is coming on. We're going to talk about uh, YouTube, about filming yourself, about uh, using... Uh, using video to enhance his shooting, but also to put stuff out there to uh, help people uh, enjoy uh, enjoy shooting, get get around it, be able to grow the sport, all those sort of things. So that's going to be a really interesting conversation. And Ben is also uh, going to pick the winner of the weirdest uh, shooting position competition finally that we uh, we've done. So you have like about 20 hours to make your last entries. I had another five come through today, which is, uh, which is huge, but tomorrow night, that's hard line. We are, we are closing it. We're closing it a few hours before the show and uh, Ben will uh, choose a winner tomorrow night and we will announce what they get. It really depends on who wins. Really. If it's someone we know, they won't get much. And if it's someone we don't know, we'll give them something generous. Anyway, uh, that is uh, happening Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday night, we've got Simo from honey HQ podcast. That will be, uh, bring bring your rum, strap yourself in. That should be good fun. Uh, Thursday night, uh, Simon Plush is talking reloading. Uh, he sent me the detail. I didn't even understand what he's going to talk about. Look forward to it. Be able to learn something. Friday night, uh, special guest. Won't announce who it is, but anyway, that will be uh, that will be very exciting. That's going to be worth a laugh. Uh, some of you guys will know him. Right. Uh, to a sponsorship side of things, uh, thanks to Projectile Warehouse. Again, you can uh, save 5% on the new website using the code ID Live, ID L I V E, with the number 5 on the end. ID Live 5 will get you 5% off uh, website wide. That'll be good. Got some other sponsors coming on board shortly with some other discount codes. So stay tuned for all of that. Uh, tonight, my guest is uh, Kerry Adams. He's gone. Uh, he's connected with a number of things. Uh, the most prominent one, I, I believe, is uh, the bloke. Um, really good way to, to grab a generic name and, and just make himself the man. Uh, that would be the other option. Uh, the bloke, well, well done. Good stuff. He's also uh, done a fair bit in the shooting world under... Uh, under um, uh, precision shooter uh, and and all sorts of uh, uh, interest uh, topics that I've seen him do videos and 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 blogs and stuff on. Uh, so we're going to get into a few of them and and really good. Now I know New Zealand's in a very unique uh, situation at the moment, although more and more countries are heading that way into the lockdown. So I guess he is uh, probably hasn't seen any other human being uh, apart from immediate family for more than however long it's been. Uh, so this will be a, a treat. Um, well, I guess he, he probably doesn't get to see you guys in the chat, but at least he gets to hear from you. Anyway, uh, Kerry, I am sure you were there, mate. Uh, let's flick on over, and uh, how are you tonight? 
I'm very good. I'm very good. Yeah, lock, lockdown is treating me well. <laughs> yeah, and all your all your hair fell out during lockdown. Is that, is that yeah? Well, that's that's the thing. I um, when you asked for that photo of me, I was like, well, no one's going to recognise me if I send a photo in the last couple of days or the last <laughs> week anyway. So yeah. I have an old photo with a beard and with hair. Yeah. So yeah, I, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't sort of part of the lockdown plan. I just decided to actually shave anyway a beard of like six six years for other reasons uh-huh. um and then thought the hair looked long needed a trim and was starting with a trim and then before you know it i've shaved it all off so you know <laughs> not the first up. time i've done it won't be the last so at least yeah. you know, the last time i had that happen for me there was a lot more beverages involved and uh i mean i ended up with a mohawk and i still have it uh, and it's about yep. that long now um but anyway it's very very rare for me to get the hairspray out and do it uh, it takes a, about an hour and a half to do that uh, i've only done it twice i think so anyway oh good good mate uh mm-hmm. now tell us a little bit more about the various projects you've been involved with because uh you have sure. i mean probably the thing i can be accused of as well is is having connection to, to many brands and i think you're probably the new zealand equivalent of that as well uh we we know you from various uh various reasons and, and names Give us the rundown. What what keeps you busy? Uh, at the moment, uh, mainly gaming, ironically. It's all come to a bit of a grinding halt in the last couple of uh, weeks. I mean, I was at the point where I was quite regularly going out and setting rifles up for guys and, and basically doping them out and, and doing courses and, and training and stuff like that. Um, and that was sort of at the time through Precision Shooter, um, which... So what, what what happens probably like yourself is I have I have an idea and I get a project going, then I have another great idea, then I have another great idea, then I have another great idea. And uh, and then then you go, This is ridiculous. So then you collapse everything down to one. Yeah, it's familiar, isn't it? Yeah. And then you go, Oh, but I've got a great idea for this and it expands back out and collapses down again. And I've done it even not even just the shooting stuff, it's it's been through everything. Yeah. Um a bit of a background, I suppose, which might give you context for why I do some of the stuff. Prior to doing getting involved in the hunting shooting, I was actually a, um, a nightclub. But I was also doing um, tutorials and training and teaching people how to set up and use their studios, uh, which involved, and we're talking... Yeah, 15 years ago, I suppose, is, is um, video stuff. We were looking at playing, you know, when video and the web was just coming through, early days of YouTube. Um, we did some semi, well, no, we did some recorded and then broadcast semi-live stuff from studios, interviewing people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'd always done it and I enjoyed doing it. And basically, as I sum it up, I like to learn stuff, document it, and then get it out so other people can kind of make sense of it. Mm. So I'm, I'm new, really. I'm a new shooter, and I'm quite new to this whole thing. It's just that I kind of go in both feet, learn as much <laughs> as I can, absorb, 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 and then try and digest it and spit it out so other people can make sense of it, I hope. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> cool. So yeah, so so the bloke was the main is the main thing that I focus on these days with time and everything. The bloke, like you said, the name was I was just looking for a name and I thought, well, what's something I can kind of it covers everything off and and it was actually kind of a push not a pushback. Well, yeah, a pushback from the, the term of the, the traditional Kiwi bloke being blokey and being you know these things. I'm like, well, that's not really what I am, but I am a bloke, so let's just claim that and <laughs> do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then then I I battle with this notion of do I include all the competition shooting stuff and the the ballistics and the the that into the bloke stuff, which was also tramping in outdoors because it was mm. a crossover. So you know, I occasionally would have somebody go, well, it's very gun orientated at the moment. I'm like, well, it's the, the technical stuff I love. Yep. So that's where precision shooter kind of came, and that's where we did some of the comps competitions under and a few bits and pieces. Um, there was e-commerce uh, under Gear Locker, which was a bit of a challenge. I mean, I, th- I think what I should have done was either stay in the old industry I did, which I made quite good money on and shot on the weekends, like most of the sane people get to do and keep it as a hobby. <laughs> the normal thing. Yeah, yeah, the normal people. But no, I, I thought I'd go, you know, try and do, do something else. And um, uh, probably like... New Zealand is probably a strange place to do it anyway because of population base, just simple numbers. Yep. And then Auckland, which is where I live on top of it, is is in some ways nearly the most ridiculous place to do it as well because we've got the population, but we don't have the land. So especially right. for long range stuff, yep. we don't have the, the places to go do it unless it's private. So that's been an ongoing challenge for me. So, mm, okay. Mm. Yeah, very, very good. And uh, and so when did you start shooting then if you're relatively new to the shooting side of things? Uh, i got to figure out, well, I didn't have kids and my oldest kid is, is nearly six okay. and that was how old my beard was because she had never seen me without a beard. So, <laughs> how did that go but down? I'd, I'd been, what's that? How did that go down? How'd that go? Yeah. I'll send you a link to the video. Oh, good. Yeah, it was quite entertaining. <laughs> oh, and, and every now and then they still turn around, my, my bit older girl turns around and she's like, I'm Still not sure. I'm just like, yep, <laughs> neither, but okay. Yep. Um, but I'd been hunting and, and shooting a bit for a couple of years before, before that. So I basically, my, my, I'm just trying to think of the time because I'm getting back into gaming at the moment because I'm locked in at home. I've been thinking about this timeline. So I was looking at getting into hunting because at the time my partner was working for um, a big supermarket chain and involved with a few projects involving uh, the butcheries and meat yep. and um, had, a, had a few insights there that I was like, let's just try and find maybe alternative sources for that. Um, the, and then also I'd been playing um, Armour, which is a, a sort of a military simulation game quite a bit. I was quite sure. into my, my gaming side of things. and um, that is fairly involved with it. And it it dawned on me one day that I'd I'd got my license. I'd gone out for the hunting license and shot once or twice and done a a little bit of hunting, done a couple of courses. I had attended a few courses on it. But then it occurred to me while sitting there Sunday morning playing online with the, the, the clan I played with, the group of players where we played every Sunday, that I could be out every Sunday at a range shooting, (laughs) the the real thing. So I did a quick search. As you do, Google search and realize you could actually own pistols in New Zealand, which I didn't know at that point. And you could basically do IPSC or the, the variations there, running and gunning with pistols. So I went and got my license for that and, and got sidetracked into IPSC <laughs> pistol shooting for a while. Realized I'd gotten into this for hunting reasons and hadn't done much to that. Yes. Then got back into that and then, but then got dragged into the long range side of things because that was just, it's just my personality. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. You, like, you like that more technical aspect and the, the, the details and numbers yes. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, without getting too too in-depth into it, I did, I did a lot of martial arts as a kid. And to me, that side of things is the martial, to me, is the, what that, that's what uh, you know, I, I found interesting to me was the, the, um, yeah, the long-range stuff of the, the focus that was required for it and the technical side of it as well. It's that combination that I really liked. 
Yeah, cool. And yep. so you you went on to to run courses for people. That's uh... yeah. Well, yeah. So in in. And that was interesting because I, I still, I, I used to get a bit of stick for this because guys were basically, well, who are you to do these courses? And I was like, well, I'm just showing these guys how to mount a scope, zero a rifle and some yep. real fundamental stuff. And I'm not claiming to be anything more than that. Never have. Um, but the guys who are coming out were guys who were way at, at where I had started. So I was like, right, let's just try and condense what I've learned so far and get you up to where I am. Yes then you're off and and many guys who come through possibly already shoot better than me but just that some of the technical details that they haven't quite ever had explained to them you know yeah um i was saying recently someone i i often explain to these guys they'll go out at a real you know their first we'll call it a tactical style rifle that's got a reticle in it that's got information on there but they've never put one and one together that the dials and the reticle, the numbers in there relate. And you just sit them through, explain it, do a real simple drill where they dial one, hold one or something like that. And they realize the two things are related and it's a light bulb moment. And it's like, done. That's, that's all I need to be doing. I'm not yeah. here to, so, yeah. so yeah, so to those. And part of it was as if somebody else was doing them, I would have gone to them all, but they didn't exist. So I figured, well, I better go start doing it. Yeah. Good on With you. With I... plan, long-term plan to bring the guys from overseas down to do them as well that I wanted to learn from. Yeah. So yeah, set up that. I think I relate to you because when I, when I started running training courses, very, it was very much the exact same thing. We're like, well, mm. I know this and these guys don't and I'm no pro, but I can teach them that. And that'll just save them nine years of shooting that we can cover off in a couple of days and they'll learn all the, all the general stuff. And then that progressed significantly from yep. there, but that was very much how it started. And I, cop the same things that you w went through uh people going well who are you and why do you know anything I'm, I, I don't mate but i know i know this much more that's relevant and, and i can teach you that uh and, and over time well, that, that grew but that and the thing is as well is there's plenty of people who would know more than me and without um there's a difference between having the knowledge and being able to teach or to show somebody that as well i yeah. guess is the other side of it yeah and that's what I pay a lot of attention to. It's like, well, okay, I need to, I can't teach them all this. It's only got to be small bits. And how do I best get that across to people? Mm. Um, and that's, that's the thing. And the best way to learn is to teach. Yep. That's the other sneaky bit. I force myself to have to learn <laughs> and true. keep my game up. It's so true. Because, because I've got to show it to other people. So I'm constantly online just searching, for, sucking more information in. Um, and filtering it as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I found I found that when I was running courses regularly, I, I was at the top of my game for knowledge. Uh, I, I was paying one of the guys who was training. I was he was on a day a week for just research. Mm. He would just spend a day yeah. in the field shooting, testing theories that we'd come up with, testing ideas, and we were in a position to be able to do that. It was that was amazing um, to to be in mm. that position and and not having done that for a long time now. I I know my knowledge hasn't necessarily slipped. Things have progressed a lot, and, and in the long-range world, I'm sure you would think uh, things progress a lot in the last five years. Yeah, it does. Um, I guess people also need to be careful that they're not chasing the technology or the latest fad as well because mm. people will get you know so wound up into that. And I was 
talking to a guy recently who who had a um he I set up a rifle for him that had one of the Swarovski DSs on top of it, which is the range finding and ballistics all built into it. And he wanted it for a hunting rifle. But talking to him now, he said, "Oh, I almost wish I hadn't got that. Now that I've got a bit more interested in ballistics, because now I want to swap that out for a scope that's got a turret on it. And I can I, I understand what mil and MOA now is. Yes. So I, I kind of want to go backwards." you'd almost say backwards in technology because his knowledge has increased. So mm-hmm. but I, I deal with other guys who are only going to go out twice a year that they don't want to know any of that. They just want a gun that they point, they dial a set number and, and shoot and that's it. You know, so it's, yeah. depends what they're after. <laughs> exactly, exactly right, mate. Exactly right. Have you had much to do with some of the, uh, the comps over there? Cause some of them look absolutely magic. And we, we did run a couple of field mat- matches here, but uh, nothing like what, what can be done over there? No, they they are magic. The problem is, is the closest one is four and a half, five hours away from me. Oh, that's just down. Um, that's and, down the shops for us. Yes, <laughs> I know it is. And now I refer back to the two small children that I have. <laughs> yeah, fair um, So, so there was that factor, and also uh, last year and a bit, I've, I'm one of the. Um, how do I phrase? I'm just trying to think. I, I contract to. Uh, via the Mountain Safety Council to the police for the purpose of doing some of the firearms licensing um, courses and testing. Okay. And all of that's on the weekend. So I've got two out of four weekends gone, basically. Okay. Yep. Um, and then you're weighing in family life and everything. Anyway, so uh, I have a bit, I mean, um, probably who's still around, the, I don't know if the term's godfather, but anyway, but the, the guy's probably the doing the most of them down here is Simon, a guy called Simon, Simon Gillis. Um, and yeah, the shoots they do central, I suppose it's central North Island are phenomenal. And then the guys down in the South Island, cause they've just got all the space. That's yeah, the thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, they can the, do the long range. Yeah. That's where the mountain challenge stuff happens. Correct. The vortex. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's still the vortex. Mountain Pretty challenge, sure it is. But, um, the yeah. ma- you better check that. Uh, but anyway, the, the mountain challenge and yeah, those those shoots and the stuff down at Sparrowhawk, and they do them quite regularly because they've got the facilities to do it, so they they can. And you notice that the shoots down there, they really like to shoot out far. Yes. Um, and haven't maybe adapted as much as the oddball positional shooting that you'd see more in the the central north or up here that we would do because we don't have a distance, so we've got to do more um, of the the shorter times and yeah. oddball put them in a weird position we, so we yeah have, you see as you go down we have the space but we're not allowed yeah. to <laughs> we're not allowed to use it so we are yeah. in very much the same thing we use a lot of oddball positions and and, and time restrictions uh that is hopefully yep. changing but we haven't really had the distance to, to play with at this stage but. no well we've got i mean we're in and limbo as well because before before we had the COVID issue with which has now stopped a lot of it um, before that, of course, we had all the changes with the uh, laws and stuff in New Zealand. And one of those that's still sitting around is the registration, potential registration of ranges and what that means as well. Yeah. Um, so, but the problem is we don't know is, yeah. is really the answer. Um, there's plenty of rumors. I've got a few theories on it. Some are better, some are worse. Um, but even before that in Auckland anyway, we... We either had ranges that were the the deer hunting, deer stalker hunting ranges, which were out to 200 meters tops. Yep. And you really can just shoot prone. You're not allowed to shoot odd, but you, if you drag the barricade up or a tire up onto the mound <laughs> and started shooting off it, you'd be thrown out. It's a weird look. Partly, yeah. <laughs> well, partly because of standing orders and partly probably because of the old boys just 
what what is going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, you have F class um, ranges, which they're shooting at a lot further, but it's same sort of thing. Often the the standing orders, which ties in probably to what we're allowed to do, is yeah, they're not they can't put steel out. They can only shoot to that bur- that known berm with that backstop that's already established. So um, yeah, that's always been a challenge. So the the comps we've done up here in Auckland that I've been involved in, we're all twenty two competitions, field shooting twenty two comps. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with them though. They're they're definitely no, good fun. No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, well, they were awesome because you'd have on a on a day you'd have a guy who had never gone to a comp before and was primarily a hunter mm. coming along because he could see that it was kind of like hunting. Yep. And then at the other end, you had guys with their big competition rigs who were very serious about it. But that all mingled together, and it was often a lot closer than you might have thought it would be. Yeah, you know. Yeah, fantastic, man. Very, very good. Now, I saw you playing, you were live streaming a game before, and you mentioned it before, this uh, Armour 3. And, yeah. and I, I, I happened to catch it while it was going on Facebook and, and looked at it, and I'm like, is this a game or a simulator? Because it looked – it's, it's, it. yeah, it's a simulator. Yeah, it's a simulator. I, yeah, okay. Well, someone hit me up as a, on the live stream with a comment. I wasn't sure if he meant that the, the, the ballistic calculator that I had on screen or the actual game was real, and he – I don't know what he thought. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So armor, armor. I played armor two. I think it was back in the uh, um, couple of years ago, and that's what I was playing online. Now armor, the series is. I forget what the the other version is. Armor is basically the civilian version of a military simulator that's used. On top of it, you've got the community mods or the guys who've done modifications and they've they've strapped basically at the moment an advanced ballistics engine over top of the thing. Yeah, right. So, the the what I was showing on that stream, and I didn't get too much into it, but it's it's allowing for Coriolis, it's allowing for spin drift. There's aerodynamic jump in there. Um, you you're even gonna love it or hate it because if you kind of love that sort of stuff, you can sit there for ten minutes sorting out one shot because <laughs> you get the kest, you range, yep. you get your azimuth, you get the kestrel out, you get your ballistic calculator out, you're cross referencing, mm-hmm. and then you take that shot. Um, but yeah, and it's little things like the the scopes now are in mil or MOA, and the reticles are actually scaled correctly. So if you see a splash, you can make a correction that actually works as well. So yeah, it's um, it's a pretty cool pretty cool little system, and it's I'm just using it just to keep my brain ticking over the right way for it because if you don't do that and keep your workflow of some kind going, mm. yeah, so it's uh, it's really sad. I'm just trying to trying to bring up the um. The, the video of it, uh, which I think I have, I have here. Uh, well, I've been playing it, and then I thought, well, it's a good for me. It was a good way to explain maybe some of the stuff that goes on. Just um, I'm trying to find a, a position. <laughs> it's a very here. big red hole. You may fall down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highly am likely to uh, to to look into. It. I've just got it. Got your live stream coming up here on uh, on the on the screen next to us, um, mm. and it's just. I mean, it looks really fairly realistic and and watching it uh watching you do it before would you rate it as a as a decent sort of training or practice sort of tool um yeah i I mean look you can't you can't feel the wind Mm -hmm. that's obviously you can't feel the environment factors it's not going to teach you fundamentally you're positioning everything like that but if you're trying to get your head around what things do in regards to ballistic like the math side of it yeah is valid because the math is what is runs computer games, runs everything, you know. So that's valid. Um, 
there's a few things that slightly bug me compared to how we do things or I would do things as the rule. But on the whole, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's great. Mm, okay. um, and you'll find you get probably, if you think about it, somebody's probably done a, a, a plugin that will, that will bring that gun or that particular system in, you know, I mean, I was thinking about it before I came on, it's like, would I build like a, a PRS style stage or something in there? And it won't work for that because of the movement. Yeah. It just wouldn't, sure. I don't think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Hey, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't like the really twitchy, fast um, FPS, first-person shooter stuff. I like stuff that's a little bit slower. So it appeals to me, mm. um, whereas other people I'm sure would play it for half an hour and go, what the hell is going on? This is boring. <laughs> well, I've, I've got a couple um, of guys in the chat saying um, that they have seen it used at School of Armory at, at one of the bases here. So it's, yep. I mean, it's... It's clearly no slouch. It, it does. I just I'd never seen it before. There was there's one website which has some sort of little single shot simulator uh, that I've been on and, and tried. I, I, I couldn't find it for try. But um, well, the, I mean, I, I saw. Look, I'll put it this way. I was reading an article recently, and a guy's done. Uh, he's taken the real world counterparts mm -hmm. and the actual guns and done comparisons back and forth as to how are the drops equivalent, are the muzzle velocities, and they're accounting for. Um, they're they're building in. And I don't know how they work it exactly, but they're building invariance and muzzle velocity out, out of the barrel. Okay. So there's your guns have an SD or an ES. I don't, you don't have to really account for it, but you'll not every shot lands in the same place. Um, like I say, spin drifters in there. You yeah, can cool. run different grain weight in your projectiles. We're just so. seeing a, a, a shot at the moment where you've got a, a, a drop chart up next to your yeah. Your rifle. Yeah, yep. okay. So and the guy who did win, the, the testing game. said a lot of them, like I think the uh, there's an um, intervention in there, the Shaytac. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he put the data on the real world one and on the modeling that they've done in um, armor and said, yes, it's pretty much bang on how it would work. If you figure out your range and what your dial needs to be and use an actual intervention to do it, it'd be pretty damn close. Yeah, wow. So, Oh, fascinating, fascinating for all those guys who are watching who uh, are missing shooting. I mean, this is this is no <laughs> replacement by any stretch, but perhaps uh, no. perhaps it could be an option to at least keep those skills honed, like you said, just to keep uh, your, your brain ticking over, keep you thinking about some of that gear. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, the other thing is, I'm not, um, I don't have a military background of any kind, but I mean, a lot of the guys I played with did, yep. and they actually it because you have different ways different guys play it different ways and we had um the group i was played with they they um the guy around it would would quote it as serious fun so if you do something sure. weird yeah like really weird no one's going to growl you because that's not how they do it in the military and that's not how we do radio comms or anything like that sure but they do have a certain amount of structure okay so the guys coming to the military it was familiar to them and they kind of liked that that sort of system as well because you know, and, and then wrapped around that, it's still a game. So there's still a pile of trash talking going on and all bits and pieces, but it's just a, I don't know. It's just gaming but for adults. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, very, very good. Yeah. There's a few, I think there's a few uh, ex-servicemen who are chatting away in the chat about the various uh, simulation options they did use uh, in their day. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's like Australian, there's New Zealand servers as well. So there's groups of guys playing down here. So, um, some lag time or latency is not so much of an issue because we're not playing with guys over in the States all the time. We can just play locally. Mm. <laughs> mm. Oh, very good. Um, now, 
In terms of rifles, I mean, not that you probably would have got them out of the safe anytime recently, but what what are you running in terms of your if you've got a competition gun or a long range gun at all? Have you got well, anything running at the moment? Or, or yes just in no. general, give us the collection. Well, there's not much of a collection. This is the irony of it. I, in the last couple of year, I suppose, I've mainly been shooting other people's guns anyway. That, yep. that oh, yeah, every now and then I need to pull a rifle out and actually have to zero the thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have and never I've never really been a much of a collector of firearms. I enjoy the technology. There's plenty of guns I'd like to have, but I it's not necessarily I something I piled a pile of money into. Yeah. So until recently, um the other thing is which I'm a lefty, okay? So that's the the other little factor in there, which I've, you've given me stick for before. Yeah, um, last time. But, but until, yeah, well, you know, every time. Um, so, uh, I mean, until recently, my main competition rifle was a um, Ticker Tac A1 in 6.5. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but it was a right-handed one. So, uh, and actually when Bronte was down, that's the gun we, we shared, and he shot it better than me. Bastard! Yep. <laughs> uh, but, Isn't that the um, worst when someone borrows a gun and then and then beats you with it? <laughs> no, I suppose. Let me, I, let me clarify. Isn't it the worst when Bronte beats you? <laughs> let's, let's say that. That's, that's right. We made up for it for the amount of talk, uh, shit talking we did on the way back up. Anyway, so <laughs> it's all good. Good. Someone keep it yep. humble. Yeah. Nice. Fantastic. <laughs> yep. Um. But yeah. So that for a long time that was it. I've um my first rifle and now what I'm going back to ironically is an old um Remington 700 um action 308 in a XLR element chassis. I mm-hmm. think it is. That's all left-handed for me. Yep. And um, I proof research sent me down a barrel a while ago. So that's yeah, a cool. six mil. So I'm going to take that rifle, um, and I'm weighing up whether I just true up the action. Yep. Or replace the action, which it's a money it's it's money thing as much as anything else. Sure, I love a full custom action, but at the same time, truing up the action might be enough to put put a proof research six more barrel on there. And um, I will probably leave it in the chassis for a while. But there's a few guys down here doing um, carbon stocks, uh, more traditional style stocks, and I, I find myself actually leaning more and more going back to a more traditional style stock away from a chassis again. At the moment, it's just my just thinking and feel so yeah i think over once again we're out of lockdown and i can get stuff to a gunsmith and do all that sort of stuff um i will i'll sort of be progressing down that and just building a good comp rifle um have my hunting rifle have my 22 which is a a, um i've got a lithgow um la 101 again left-handed version um it's phenomenal gun um and um, just focus on those. You know, there's there's an old, I've got a 1901 Enfield sitting in there. I've got a pump action. I've got a few other oddballs. But I don't really have much in the way of a, a gun collection. That's um, still, still still good amount. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm always of the opinion, uh, for me anyway, and, and um, if people want to collect, that's up to them. But if I, if hmm. I haven't used the gun for, you know, in the last 12 months or haven't worked on it in the last 18 months, uh, I'll look to move it on because I, I, I want to have guns that I use uh, is my sort of theory. Well, I'm really big on the idea of yeah, that one gun that you know and the one scope that you know as well. That's mm-hmm. the other thing is just knowing when you reach up and you do something that that muscle, well, neuro connections, muscle memory, whatever you want to call it, you just yep. know. And if every gun's got a different scope on it, some are in mil, some are MOA, they click differently, they do different reticles. So, yeah, I, I really like the idea of getting down to a rifle and just using it, using it, using it, finding a, a good enough, good load, stop doing load development, 
and just learn that gun and shoot the thing and shoot the thing and shoot the thing. Because I guess that's the the thing is I've got all the reloading kit over here as well that I can measure down to 0.02 grain, which is, you know, half a kernel of of gunpowder. But I don't shoot that well. So (laughs) You and me both. Yeah, yeah. You know. We had that exact uh, discussion last night. I think about how you can get hung up on the stuff that doesn't. Uh, you, you've got other bigger problems, and you're just trying to take yeah. care of that little little thing. Yeah. Well, one one of my early mentors, a um, very smart guy, really nice guy, Christian, who was kind enough to basically take me under his wing and teach me some basic, get me going. Yeah. Um, he will go down to every single, he's very pedantic about that kind of stuff. He's a gunsmith, very, very good gunsmith, very, very focused. Yeah. And he will cut those kernels in half. But that's because um, he wants to know that when something doesn't go right, it's him. Yeah, and then there is nothing wrong. You see, see guys who who have some money and they want to buy the best thing they can for that exact reason. It, 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 like, yeah. I get it; it makes sense. You buy the best thing you can, and then realize that everything from here on in is you. Uh, and all the excuses have yeah, gone. All the excuses are gone, and uh, yeah. and you have bought the way, bought your way to humility, um, because yeah. that is all that's going to be going on. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is uh, which is not a. Not a uh, if you've got the money to do it, it's not a bad way to do it. Uh, but that you know, progressing your way up and working your way through gear, you will learn a lot, and you will learn. You know, you get a broader knowledge base. I think. Well, you also uh, it was something I noticed back in the the music industry days as well. As guys would come in and they would buy a high end whatever it was, or just want a top end recording studio, just yep. big amount of money, everything you know. But by sometimes having the the cheaper or the simplest stuff you get to appreciate and you get to learn those improvements and what each bit of equipment does for you yes um in the meantime whereas sometimes yeah you jump straight into high-end gun and this is i I, i'm still trying to figure out there's a i talked about it a bit on a video recently and i'm working on an article was about this whole every gun in the world needs to be one moa even if i'm hunting deer at 50 meters yeah it's like well no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And I've, I've had guys who are like, oh, it's not shooting half an MOA. I can't shoot quarter MOA. It's like, have you shot it for a hunting side of things? Have yeah. you shot any animals with it yet? No. Well, well you know, it's a bush gun. What are yeah. you worried about? Yeah. So, you know, different. Different if you're doing bench rest. Different if you're doing extreme long range, you know, or these things. Mm. But, um, mm. yeah. Yeah, no, so. absolutely. For, for the purpose, it's good. Um but, Got so I was, I was, I'm impressed by your. Uh, was it port or sherry? Did you say in the end? It's port. Oh, this is port. This is uh, yes. This is port. Okay, you didn't know what this was. Lion red. No, but I, I guess I since have found out that I'm okay with not knowing what it was because that yeah, is uh, yeah. I think you are. That is your so I, rubbish beer over there. Is that it, right? It's, it's lovely. <laughs> you look like you're enjoying it. The hecky bottle. Uh, no, no, it's good. It's um, I grew up drinking Lion Red and I said, it's those things. It's only, in, we've got to remember in the last couple of years is when all the boutique breweries and stuff and the craft beers have come through. For the longest time, it didn't exist. So yeah. the Lion Reds and stuff like that would be the staples. So, um, but yeah, I, my birthday last year, my brother was kind of like, well, what do I get him? Because what the hell does he need? So he got me a swapper crate uh, with the swapper bottles of Lion Red. So, um, what is a yeah, swapper t- crate? I don't know that term. Don't, really? Really? I don't, oh, I don't yes. know. This, this, really? could be, okay. this could be cultural or this could be me being a beer snob. Either is highly possible. So, uh, I always, 
I would have thought, I'm just trying to think what the, the equivalent, I won't, I won't pull it up. Well, basically, that's a swapper bottle, right? Which right. is like, a, what are we, 745 mils. So the idea is you have a crate, which has got uh, 12, yep. dozen of them in there. And when they're empties, you take them over and you swap it for a crate full of full beers. That sounds like a great deal. I assume you have to pay it's for it. It's a great. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you, they do actually expect you to yeah, pay for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that but, was in the um, details. So, but the idea is, is this, and this has been around, like my old man ran the swapper crates and stuff. So it was a yeah, cheaper right. way because you're not buying the bottles. It's it's recycling. So it's nice and green. I mean, uh, I'm surprised okay. in some ways the whole craft beer industry hasn't jumped more on this. I suppose they have their, they call them the growlers, which are the bigger, bigger versions of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, so a swapper crate. So it was always like you go to a party, you take a swapper crate, dump it down, and then you drink the entire swapper crate. Gotcha. So we, uh, we will... Um, in SA, anyway, in the state I live in, uh, you mm. can take your cans and bottles in, and you get you get money back for them. So yeah. perhaps uh, we do it in a in a different way, but we perhaps achieve a very similar goal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, if most of the craft beer over here at least comes in cans, less less bottles these days. I think it's cheaper to, to do that. Uh, so you can. We still get paid. For well, the cans. it's. A- yeah, I know. Well, the funny thing, I mean, my favorite beer is actually until I think they're brewing it locally, but until recently, it was an Aussie beer anyway, which was the Little Creatures. Oh, very good choice. So, yeah. Yeah. So just for a drinking beer, yeah. um, that would be by far my favorite beer. Um, and then, then there's local beers, which you just have a bottle of it because it's like drinking a bottle of wine. It's an experienced beer. Yes. And then there's drinking beer. So. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. there's there's two little creatures breweries in Australia on polar opposite ends of the country one in uh, right. Geelong near Melbourne and one all the way over near Perth uh, just south of Perth and uh, I have uh, been fortunate enough to go to both and uh, both both were good both are very good so if you ever get over here and you're ever near any of those places we'll definitely hook that up it's uh, it's a good place to be have you ever been to Australia it's- yeah, yeah, a few times. Um, years ago as a uh, visit, I actually did, I was lucky enough to do a tour up the Red Centre. So it was a camping tour. So I went through, um, yeah, right through the middle. Um, slept Cooper Pedy, all that that side of things as oh, well. Right. Yep. Uh, sleeping on top of a, or under a um, uh, the coach, uh-huh. all bits and pieces. So yeah, the, that, and then um, uh, in the previous life in my um my day job, we had an office over in Aussie and uh, Sydney, so I'd pop over there every now and then to, to check how everything was going as well. So, ah, very yeah. good. Now, we're getting some yep. discussion in the in the chat about uh, using suppressors for comps and that sort of thing, uh, which is not something we uh, have experience over here doing. Is ah, it, true, yes. Is it common to see there? Yeah. Uh, well, look, I I tell – these days I tell pretty much everyone I come across to buy a suppressor unless you don't really – yeah, and for some reason, unless the one exception, I suppose, being is the big, big rigs, like 338, Shaytax, that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, okay, let's get all, and we're, we're plugged up and earmuffs and everything. Yeah. Um, or guys building lightweight mountain guns. So suppressors for comps, I suppose, um, uh, like my 308, until recently, when I first got it, it's always had a brake on it. I've always shot with a brake, one of um, uh, Greg's Terminator brakes, T2, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days I'll shoot it with a suppressor on it. Um, if you're doing logically, if you're doing a lot of barricade stuff, um, then yeah, pulling it in and out, you've just got a longer barrel. That's, that's probably the one downside of it. Um, on the plus side, I mean, I still wonder and I still feel myself as I, I think I shoot suppressed guns better. They have more recoil. Logically, if you really compare, yep. you know, just the physics of it, yes, they don't reduce as much as a break, but not having that shockwave in your face and just 
and reactively like you know mm. um i find especially if i'm not shooting as much as i would like to be yep. that a suppressor is just going to be easier more comfortable to shoot yeah okay the um yeah, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I've shot I've shot a few in the US. The times I've been there, mm. and I think you're right. Not having that big noise and the the wave in your face, yeah, uh, you're much less inclined to flinch or even just partially yep. flinch. I think you're much more yep. comfortable behind it. What what are the, is it? A few guys in the chat are saying it's about about fifty fifty uh, on uh, use of brakes. Uh, sorry, use of uh, suppressors at comps. Is that about? Yep. that you've seen yeah um yeah i suppose it would be right i mean it's always interesting as well the other thing is if you've got a squad and they're all shooting suppressed yeah you're just gonna have a nicer day That's because so often we're spotting yeah. or it's the thing it's just it's easier you know it's just it's just more pleasant mm. um whereas especially if you're trying to trying to help maybe you're spotting targets or depending on the comp sometimes we're allowed to spot and help or we just yeah. you know semi um if you're especially guys who aren't used to spotting a lot and they station themselves where they're looking up the ports of a muzzle brake, which is quite common because they're like, oh, I need to spot from here. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. But okay, cool. <laughs> and, and you see them, yep. you know, doing this with their spotting scope. Um, yeah, but yeah, be even. Whereas other guys, uh, this is the thing, people used to give me stick. It's like, well, why would you have, why would you have a 308 with a brake? Why would you have a 6.5 or a 6 mil with a brake on it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And normally that's people that haven't been shooting a lot of um, bigger strings of fire you know where they're doing multiple rounds so it's like yeah okay it's called different purposes yeah yeah i suppose about 50 50 i i don't know about the boys down south really i can only speak for the guys up here but i'd say it's pretty even i mean it, most guys if they're coming from a hunting background probably running suppressors mm-hmm. guys who are uh three gun multi-gun maybe background because we've had crossover from those guys who are shooting the ars when yep. we still had them they would be running brakes often because they're used to running brakes on the um, or compensators on the ARs as well. So it sort of just depends on the person's background as to which way they lean, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it'd be uh, it would be one that we would like to get here. Uh, it's uh, yeah. At this stage is going to take a little bit, but um, just for that, I, I, you know, for plinking in the range and bits and pieces, I know that a number of the guys at the comps in the US um, have gone away from using suppressors, much more inclined to use brakes. For that recoil mm. reduction, I mean, they're changing from like a, a punchier six mil down to a lighter six mil for recoil reduction. Then you throw a suppressor on it, and you've sort of undone some of your good work. Um, so I can see that 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 happens. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess also if if you were, if you're shooting week in week out, and you just got used to that, the yep. amount of concussion, and you lost a bit of your hearing probably as well, but mainly you got <laughs> used to that concussion. Yeah. Um, then you would be fine. But um, if you if you're not, and I do it because mostly the rifles I've been setting up for clients are hunting, primarily hunting, or the occasional fun long range rig. Yep. Mostly are suppressed, and then something turns up like a seven mil rim or a three hundred wing win where they've got a break on it. I don't shoot them as well. I just don't because, especially after you've shot once and you just know you're about to get punched in the face and your sinuses are going to start clearing and everything like that. It's pretty instinctive to just you know, not be quite quite what you need to be doing behind it. Whereas if it's suppressed mm-hmm. and, and a pretty mild gun anyway, then you're just nice and relaxed and you just know you're going to be able to shoot and cycle and shoot and cycle. So, yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good, man. Um, question about uh, triggers. Are you using single, double, uh, two-stage? What sort of setup are you, are you using on I, um, in particular? Am I... 
On my 308, the, uh, which is what I'm going back to, is a single-stage Timney. Um, yep. Partly the issue, of course, was because I was left-handed and wanted a left-handed rig, I couldn't get all the, the different options. Now you can get a Timney Elite, and I don't know if the, I don't know if there's Diamond Techs or anything else like that in the left. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Take one was a two-stage, um, and I did like that because the one thing with the two-stage is I was more comfortable going a lot lighter on the trigger. Um, because I really, I mean, I really, really don't like super light triggers. Um, there's probably, it's probably also in part because of what I do for the firearm safety side of things and the firearms licensing side of things that part of my basic spiel is don't lighten up the trigger, don't lighten up the trigger, don't lighten up the trigger until you're comfortable with it. But your first hunting rifle doesn't need a one ounce hyper light trigger on it that you can't control. So that probably just comes through, but also like the taco one, I could have it so light that I, I, you could match it on that first stage, pull, pull straight through and not feel that second stage. Mm-hmm. And if I was doing lots of dry fire, I'd be in control of it, but give me a couple of days off and I wouldn't. So yeah, I was just like, okay. yeah. nah. and then, and then I didn't want to hand it on to somebody and have them um, basically ND or AD or whatever you want it because the thing was so light, you know? Yeah. So yeah. certainly the case. Yeah. Training people and 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 there's a potential. It's a good potential where they they're going to spend some time behind your gun or they're loaning the gun for a bit of yeah. time. Yeah, you want to make sure that they're they're set up for success for sure. So I mean, I've been pushing and also pushing the real idea. I've been focusing on going back onto my trigger press recently mm-hmm. and thinking a lot about that. And um, yeah, I, I like a nice, clean, crisp trigger, um, but probably not as light as some other people would put their triggers out. Yep. you know. Okay, very good. Uh, uh, look, I, I certainly I want to be able to marry my finger to the, the trigger shoe mm-hmm. without any concern of the thing going off. So, yep. yep. I'm just uh, I'm just checking in with the chat here. There's uh, see what else is um, what else is going on. Um, talking about that sort of stuff as well. Uh, now I don't know if you've seen the show at all, Gary, but we we do um, we do like to show some memes. Preferably ones that have been related to uh, the current scenario. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Have you got Facebook? See that? I was... Have you got Facebook up uh, close by? Yes, I do. Cool. I'm going to flick you the first one. We're going to show the first one up. Now we have a rating system out of our packers, so it is uh, out of our ten. packers. Our packers. No. La. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Good. Yeah, just, Great. Okay. Just cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's the last question you ever asked me. All right, um, cool. So I'm just going to send you this first one uh, now. So we need we need a rating out of ten for uh, for this particular meme. So if uh, if that's come through, uh, let me uh, throw it up on the screen here. Uh, this one's a Pac-Man one. Uh, has a little Pac-Man display and uh, grocery shopping has become a real life version uh, of Pac-Man. Uh, avid, uh, avoid everyone. Get what the fruit it, and take any route to avoid contact. Out of, out of what? Out of five? Out of ten? Out of ten. Out of ten alpacas. Out of ten. I'm going to, well, I, I don't know if it's good or sad or happy or whatever, but I'm, I'm going to give it an eight or nine just because we are literally managing like, <laughs> you know, short trips and can we get in there? I was having a discussion with my partner this um, evening about what is going to be the appropriate PPE mask and do we need a, you know, do we go on the, the face mask? Do I, does she take out the full beta mask and I'll just put some, I've got some chemical, basically chemical warfare filters we could use for it. Um, I really, I really wish I had like the old school gas masks and stuff here at the moment, but, um, you know, some proper chemical 
warfare stuff. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a very true one at the moment. I, I it's funny, sad is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Not wrong. Uh, all right, uh, next one, next one up, uh, coming to you. This one's a little bit more on the rude side. Not not too bad though. It's, it's uh, appropriately rude. Uh, there we go. Uh, I when, thought it was something to do about a shaved head or a beard <laughs> or something. <laughs> no, I haven't picked on you. Yeah, uh, when you're working <laughs> oh. from home and have a video conference call. Uh, and then for those who are listening, because one one thing to announce shortly, but uh, this is a yeah, it's a guy wearing the full uh, dress suit on the front and isn't wearing pants, and you can see that mirror behind him. For those, well, I don't know if I if I score it too high, does it also indicate I'm not wearing pants either? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we, yeah, uh, we really don't need. Well, no, I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could just say that you relate to this guy currently. You, you, <laughs> yeah. We can read into that. <laughs> uh, good. Uh, uh, Nick is Nick in the chat is disputing um, the alpacas and llamas. Thing is, Nick missed the miss, Nick missed the episode where Emma Stevens voted that we uh, we go with alpacas, so it's alpacas. Uh, was, okay, yeah, yeah. Nick, I just can, realized recent as I re, I recently realized as a fully grown man, I couldn't really describe the difference between it. So I've, I've got to go do some internet research. <laughs> um, but then we had a dragon fruit turn up from the supermarket a couple of weeks ago, and I had never in my life seen a dragon fruit either so you know hey the wonders never cease <laughs> all right so uh yes. the bear, bear ass how many alpacas we going for uh, for this one for the bear ass um I, i'm actually worried about how he's standing at full <laughs> well, i was gonna say full attention that's not gonna help either we'll, we'll go for a safe seven we'll go safe for a safe seven, seven. seven he's alpacas. very he's very serious about yeah. the whole thing yeah, yeah very good seven shaved ass alpacas <laughs> seven uh, shaved ass yeah okay okay good uh last one coming through to you uh, this is, uh, I don't know if this has been the, the case over there, but this has certainly been the case here. Uh, it's got a, yeah, yeah. It's I got, saw, I don't know if you saw that there was a guy put a video up and he was basically emptying all his guns out of his safes and putting all the toilet rolls down the bottom of the safe. I did see and that. And then close yeah. the guns on the, uh, on the bed and just like tap the safe and nice and safe on it. Uh, we've got a good supply of uh, toilet rolls though. Thank you for asking. Sure. Um, we're comfortable I'm at glad. the moment. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, again, for the same reason, the first one, I'm gonna have to give that a uh, a solid. We'll give it a solid nine. Yeah, I, I, this one my favourite. This is a, for those listening. Uh, this is uh, six toilet toilet paper rolls, and they've just got those little. You know, I don't know what to call these. These are the little uh, bits that just hang on. Dags. The, oh, it's it's almost dags, isn't it? It's it's toilet roll dags. Anyway, uh, and there is uh, who threw these in the trash. There's still meat on these bones. Memes never work. We, we, Sorry, guys. we have an no. We have an extra game around this household that that when it is there, it gets hidden somewhere, and see how long it takes someone else to find it. So you know, extra, extra. <laughs> a little bit of bonus uh, bonus content. There mm. you go. Uh, yep. Yep, I'm, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go nine um, nine nine desperate alpacas uh, for that one. <laughs> I think we shall go. Oh, very, very good. Can I, can I scroll past that guy's ass now? Can I scroll that out of the chat? Or we, uh, there we go. So let's just move it away so it's not sitting on my second screen. This is a problem. It's sitting. Anyway. We've, you've got it saved on Facebook now, so you can check it out anytime you want, I guess. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. Oh, good. Uh, all right. Uh, guys, uh, any uh, any last questions, uh, ch chuck them into the chat. Anything you want to know about uh, shooting comps in New Zealand, about uh, Kerry's background in shooting, um, about any anything else like that. Uh, six meatless alpacas. Uh, Nick wrote that last one uh, on. And he's come across to the alpacas, so good, good of them. Uh, 
Right. So, uh, a question for you guys over there: Do you do you actually have shooting mats over there? <laughs> uh, should we? Should we? Uh, for those not familiar with the story, uh, do you want to re- relate? This is this is Bronte's finest moment, isn't it? Um, yeah. There was there was plenty of great moments, but I, I think one of the greatest was the absolute failure he did, and and the simple instruction of rolling up a shooting mat. Just for those uh, watching, if you're not familiar, we we do I'm involved with the Precision Shooting Podcast, and one of the guys on there is Bronte. Bronte spent some time in New Zealand, uh, sort of was back and forth for work for a period of time, caught up with Kerry, and and. Shot a shot a comp together or something. Got him to a comp. It was it was awesome yeah. because you you put him in contact with me. He was going to come down. I was just going to take him out to a range or something. But timing wise, it worked that we had a road trip with another two of my mates to go down and shoot one of Simon's comps. So it went from oh we're going to do a trip out to Simon's to a weekend down doing a shooting. By the way, you're shooting a shooting comp now. Bronte, congratulations. Here's a gun you've never shot before, um, <laughs> and he did well. Oh, this is the other. Thing. Yep. Excuse me. But yeah, I think on the end of the first day or something when we were setting up, I asked him, I think he asked, can you roll up a shooting mat? And he handed this thing to me. And I I, I don't know. Look, the, the other crazy thing is, is the shooting mat we're talking about has little arrows on it. So it actually tells you how to roll the thing up. It's like it's got indicators on it. <laughs> okay, good. I, you just arrows together roll, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a it was a like a trip of first. He'd so never seen rain on it. <laughs> uh, was he shot in the rain? Yeah. The whole the weekend was raining, and we do we end up with a few comps where you are shooting in the rain, which is its own little challenge. He's like, well, that's the first for me. And we're like, yeah, well, nothing. You know, the whole place is on fire. That'll be new to you. <laughs> um, he was getting photos of all the guys with the suppressors and just wanted to hold a suppressor. Yep. Like, yeah. Okay, that's cool. And then the shooting mat incident. So yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right, um, Nick. I don't know if you talked about a, a projector weight. Apparently, Nick asked about projector weight. Missed that one. Sorry, mate. Hit us up with a question. Scott. Uh, Scott's asked: Is there a maximum weight for the rifle? Um, Scott, um, that's I guess going to be discipline specific, depending what you specific. Yeah, yeah, what you're doing. Yep. Um, in in a PRS so, world, wait. no, but. In other things, definitely. No, I mean, what we have in New Zealand, depending on the comp as well, but yeah. a lot of um, the field shooting we do, which the, um, so Simon Gillis, which is Gillis Practical Shooting Competitions, and then Graham, which is the Taranaki Long Range Shooters, of the sort of the groups down there that work together quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, they will normally have a velocity limit on it or a, a energy limit, and that's really just to protect the targets. Yep. That's that's what it is. They don't want guys, and there's no point, but they don't want guys turning up with a 338 to shoot a field shoot. Sure. Because one, it'll be so heavy, it'll be a pain. And two, you're just going to hammer the targets because some of them will be at 300 meters. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, that's there's not normally a limit. The, Simon likes to often kind of take the approach that you can kind of run whatever you want, but you need it all off the ground at the beginning of the stage. Yeah, which gotcha. comes to plenty of arguments when we're shooting, uh, we're sharing shooting mats or bits and pieces, or well, sorry, shooting bags or bits and pieces. But anyway, um, I get the intent. He he's got a real um, he he really likes the practical side. He likes to be able to relate it back to hunting side of things. It's kind of been interesting because I've, I've watched him a little bit get a little bit more gamey on things. Okay, um, and 
I used to always bugger my thing because I was bringing in and selling the Armageddon gear bags and the short action precisions and a lot of them. And it was years ago. And now everyone's hitting me up. But back then is when the business was trying to get going, but it yep. wasn't the numbers. Um, but you'd see them all turning up all around um, these comps. And the game changers was always, I think, one of the ones who really hated guys bringing out because he's like, no one would even take that hunting. Um, but one of the yeah, squads who won the overall, yeah, well, well, the guys who won one of the overall uh, squad comps, I was talking to them about it, and they took their game changers out, uh, tar hunting in South mm. Island. And loved them for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was also I for me because I didn't think people would, but they're like, no, this is these things are fantastic for this stuff. Yeah, we're doing a lot of spotlighting uh, here, uh, you know, shooting uh, yep. varmints and stuff under under spotlight and, and on the back of the ute or in the window. Uh, game changers are, are sort of the way to, mm. way to go. They're really, really good for that. So, yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of stages, I suppose we kind of, instead of the guy and us as well and the guys down south, instead of going you can't have a weight or these things, we try and set the up to favour a particular style of gun and then kind of make it clear it's like we're not shooting over a kilometer every shot so yep. you don't need these monster cartridges so there'll be a stage that is maybe close to a kilometer yep. most of them are closer it's weird positions you want something that you can handle and you know how it, it mm. works mm, absolutely mm. uh nick has asked if you uh do you prefer having Having heavy for weight projectiles or lighter and faster, sort of, i.e., a, a 130 grain versus a 147 in a in a 6.5 or a 190 versus a 230 in a 300 wind mag. What's your? Do you have a preference on those, or do you? Uh, well, application. I did thing? a. I wrote an article a while ago, and that compared when I got the Tac A1. I did an ammo comparison, and at the time it was a factory ammo, so it was a what it was was a comparison between the ELDMs, which was you could get it in a one. Four seven, a one forty, and a one twenty, one twenty, one twenty five. I think uh, you can get a one hundred, one twenty, one twenty three, uh, one thirty, one forty, one forty three, and one forty seven. Okay, so the, but the, this was the fact the factory box load. Oh, okay. So yep. the yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the, the match, I think. Yeah, is, is the yeah. one. So I was interested and did with that and did did um, accuracy testing, compared the velocity, put all the charts up and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it comes down to looking at the competition you're shooting yep. and where is the bulk of it. Because to me, the lighter projectile, which was a bit snappier, but was the recoil was a bit more manageable. I was quicker back on target. It was just a bit, just felt a bit, not easier, but just a little bit less recoil to shoot with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do lose some of the, the ballistic advantage of a heavier uh, projectile out further. Yep. So it's weighing up if you're really getting to that point of where are most of the competitions that you're actually shooting and not not setting your rifle up to that one stage that might be a far shot. Yep. Um, because I do see a lot of guys will do that and a lot of hunters as well as they have this this thought that they might one day take a long-range hunting shot. Mm-hmm. So they set their entire rig up for that, but 99.9% of it is not in that environment so you're kind of like well why have you optimized for something you do one percent of a time yeah how's that for a (laughs) non-answer i love it love it i specialize in those (laughs) comes you should get into politics um (laughs) well (laughs) who knows who knows uh is there any great great country to get into gun related politics (laughs) perfect Mm. uh any comps you'd recommend to any traveling australians to head over there for 
Yeah, again, again, depending on the north or south island where you're going to get to. Um, if you're in the north island, like I say, look out for those Facebook pages, Simon's um, Gillis Practical or the Taranaki. Those are the boys who are probably the most active in the central north. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just, it just depends. You just kind of have to read on the specific event. They have slightly different flavors. Some of them are more hunting orientated, so it's shorter stuff. Something's a little bit more stretched out. It just It, it just depends. Then down in the South Island, if you can get down to Sparrowhawk, it's a range facility down there. And even if they're not running a comp, they often have long range like um, testing or truing days down there. And uh, Nick and Sam and the boys down there are are great for that. Um, And if you time it right, you might even have the occasional special guest that turns up who's down um, training, uh, say, the New Zealand um, military and might have a day to do an extra day of training somewhere down there. That's happened in the past as well. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. So, and I'm pretty sure that's happening again. Well, actually, now who knows, but I'm pretty sure it's happening again this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and no doubt at some point it will happen. It will happen. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. Well, and I mean, I through the 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 challenge I've had through the podcast and stuff I've done with the guys over the last couple of years, talking to the guys over stateside, mm-hmm. they all want to come down to New Zealand. It's just yeah. figuring out how to make it uh, viable financially and everything as well not not that they're down here to make a killing but they just need to cover costs and stuff so anyway yeah sideline no spot spot on mate we we get sidelined all the time in fact it's pretty much the title of the show uh fantastic mate well uh Thank you very much for coming on, Kerry. That's, uh, oh, that's good, awesome. There's some, there's some uh, comments there. Alpine long range match, uh, mountain challenge, yeah, all, all that sort of stuff would be a uh, good comps yep. to get involved with. There's a few, a uh, few New Zealanders in the chat, I think, providing some answers, which is excellent as well. It's good to see. It's good to see. Now, how, yep. uh, how do we find you? Where, where can we follow you and, and keep up <laughs> with uh, all your uh, details of what's uh, happening, be it uh, live yeah, gaming thanks. or the- and stuff? Okay, the easiest one at the moment that I'm probably focusing on and feeding other things out is the bloke. So, yep. excuse me, the bloke.co.nz. Mm-hmm. It's quite a burpy beer, line read. <laughs> I have noticed. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, the bloke.co.nz um, is the best way. There's a Facebook page, there's an Instagram page. I don't have a, I've never really done the YouTube side of things so most of the live stuff i do through facebook at the moment yep. um but yeah it, it probably right now as well the bloke.co.nz is a good option because that's where it's got a lot of my articles that i've been doing for years are all sitting on there yeah and you've, um, got, you've got stuff on survival and all those sort of techniques and stuff which uh, we didn't even get into this time but that's just opportunity at some other time uh, to, right. to have another chat yeah, well, that's it. And it's a good there. If uh, Spend some time on there. If guys actually start digging through, uh, the problem is, I suppose, there's enough stuff there that I think a lot of it gets missed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I encourage guys, if they, they can spend some time, they can kind of dig down and find all kinds of stuff in there. Mm. So, yeah. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we will, uh, no doubt, catch up with you again shortly. And uh, all the best for your lockdown. Make the most of it, I guess, and, and, and continue <laughs> to game and do whatever else you can oh. do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the plan is as well as like I say, get out of lockdown, get this new um, rig built, and then we're slightly planning probably be a family trip. But I can excuse the family trip to Aussie by probably doing some shooting over there, maybe get to a comp or, or some training over there as well. So that's on the list because I am quite keen um, to get it, get over there as well and catch up with some of you guys and people uh, yeah, in person. Fantastic! It'll it'll happen. It'll uh, it'll happen in due course, mate. And any comp you want to get into, we'll uh, we'll make it work. That'll be awesome. 
Fantastic, Gary. Thank you very much, guys. Right. Thanks for uh, for watching in the chat and and um, and chatting away. Uh, yeah, Nick's yelling at me to say like the video, like the video. Uh, give uh, give Kerry some uh, some additional confidence. <laughs> and uh, although uh, Emma is winning that race at the moment, uh, but anyway. Um, what? <laughs> I need to go read the comments. <laughs> Emma's video. Emma was on the other the other night, and she begged for likes, and uh, she she's gotcha. all over it. So, uh, anyway, the um, uh, guys, uh, thanks very much for doing this. Share it. We're going to put some little uh, snippets of various shows and bits and pieces, uh, either fun or, or interesting or knowledgeable. Um, We'll see how we go on the last one, and, and we're going to put them out there. So you share them around. Get if it, if this show is useful for people to watch, we'd we'd love to have them on board. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night with Ben Jarrett, uh, the Long Gun Project man himself, uh, and we'll be talking about filming and, and making videos and and some stuff that you could do in this downtime, uh, as well as uh, what you could do in future with uh, with all that sort of stuff. So looking forward to that. Again, thanks to a projectile warehouse, you can save five percent with the code ID Live Five ID L I V E number five, and check out the new website on there. Let me know of any problems because uh, we still need to um, we still need to. Uh, Keep it uh, going. Huge, huge website. It took forever. Uh, anyway, uh, guys, thanks so very much for being involved. Thanks for chatting away, and uh, we will catch up with you guys again tomorrow. Hey, hey.